0: Thank you for tuning in. We trust you will feel encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to build God's kingdom with us. Enjoy the message. Quote the book of James. We are looking at the book of James. Uh, we, we preach a lot of topical ser- ser- sermons in our service, and every now and then we stop at a, stop at a book and we say, right, let's talk about this book. Uh, I do want to, after this, it's going to be a couple of weeks, a good couple of weeks, uh, do want to come back to some very important thing, and that is, is the Bible true? So that's a future sermon that's coming. Because you know what I'm seeing in the days that we live in? People write hundreds of songs, and then suddenly they, they, they walk away from the faith or deny the faith. And you know what I, what I realize? One thing, I think one of the reasons is because we don't take this book as it is, as the inspired word of God. And I think then it's easy to say, well, if everybody's rules go, then in the end there are no rules. So we've got to say, is this book really true? So I'm going to prepare a series on this and we're going to look at it in our church as well in the future. But we're busy with the book of James at the moment. We finished a a couple of sermons on servanthood and it was so encouraging to to see how people responded to that as well. But let me tell you something. Listen to me now, uh, look into my eyes this morning. Don't think you can park this topic now. Because now somebody says, yes, he's off the topic. Now I don't have to serve anymore. Fantastic. Two weeks of great serving, now I come back to my normal life in church. No, sign up and get involved. Do stuff. Use your skills. Use your gifts. Use your talents to help us to build a church that will continue to make major impact. And we are doing... Big impact in our community, but we want to grow it, as, as get involved. What was encouraging is there's a guy who's a builder. He's retired. He says to me, "You know, I've got skills. I don't need, uh, uh, you know, I don't need a full-time job, but I will oversee." And he, uh, he made a whole list of all the stuff that needs to be to be to be fixed on our property. And and he says, "And I will help you just to manage your team." And I think that's what we want. Is it saves us such a lot of money when people start saying, "Here's my skill. I can give you a couple of hours. I'll sign up." I'm a plumber, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a, you know, here's my skill, you know, and we're training 40, 50 counselors at the moment, and and so on, so I'm so excited what God is doing in our church, don't park the topic, do it, that's Nike's, Nike got it from the Bible, just do it, All right. so good, so we want to move on this morning, Uh, James uh, chapter 1, still part 2, Nick touched on it last week, I'm going to... uh, go over it again uh, just some of the things maybe that he said and I want to pick up two things or maybe one particular thing in that first chapter of the book of James and there's two things that are really important for me and I'll come to that but James the book of James basically split in five parts all right so in your bible the headings may be different in mine uh, in the NIV it says trials and temptations listening and doing uh, favoritism forbidden faith in deeds taming the tongue And a couple of others, you know, uh, and and, and I do believe that if you take the book of James and you're a new believer, you know, sometimes we say to people, start with this book or something. I think you should tell a new believer, start with the book of James. And if you go through the book of James and thoroughly study it and apply it to your life, let me tell you, you're going to know how to live this life. That's what I believe. So it's a good book, and it's going to take us a little while to go through some of the issues. I can't do verse by verse, but I want to grab some key things in this book. And you've got to listen and then apply, otherwise it's of no use. So let's, let's read James chapter 1. Uh, and um, if you've got it in your iPad, your iPhone, or your hearing aid, or wherever you store the Bible. Some of you didn't hear that. That's that's also a pun. <laughs> Turn your hearing aid up. Ha, ha, ha. You know, my kids would go. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes, scattering them among the nations. Greetings. I just want to park here, but this is not part of my sermon. James, a servant of God. What do people write to you these days? Apostle James. This is how people would write today. It's Apostle James. You know, prophet James. No, 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 no. You're just a servant of the Lord Jesus. Stop this nonsense of all these titles. Anyway, that's not part of my sermon. So number two, verse two, trials and temptations. Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom... What a verse to put in the middle of an issue when he deals with, with, with trials and testing. I'm coming back to that one today. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who give generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded mind. Uh, man, and I think you can call it woman as well, person, uh, unstable in all it does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. That's very encouraging for some people. Uh, <laughs> for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers to the, the, the plant. It blossoms Its blossoms falls and its beauty destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away and even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Futuristic. You may not get it now, but you're gonna get it one day. All right, so that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil and does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it sounds like a delivery room here, it gives birth to sin and the sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. Not specifically referring to your teenagers, but anyway, so sin that grows in your house. Don't be deceived, my brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, uh, and it does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. All right, let's go through that quickly. Um, I want to show you some pictures of a car that um, I'm never going to buy, because I can't afford it. A Lamborghini. Now, that is a testing room for a Lamborghini. Now, hold on, because it's relating to my sermon. I'm not just talking, I'm not a second-hand car salesman here, but uh, that that is a testing room for a Lamborghini. Except it's it's beautiful, hey. The next picture is actually a testing station for a Lamborghini. So what do they do is, when when, when a Lamborghini is made, it goes through what they call a dyno-testing. Alright, so it is, it is packed on that large, on that station over there, and a number of sensors are plugged onto this car, uh, all over the engine, every part of the engine. The engine is then filled with the regular fluids, like uh, fuel and whatever it needs, and the sensors then provide data, to the computer that is done, analyzed and interpreted. And when they do this, they turn up the revs, they put it in different modes, and the engine runs. And let me tell you, the engine is absolutely pushed to its maximum capacity. And let me show you a picture of what that engine looks like when it is being tested. Maximum capacity. Your Volkswagen Beetle will not cope with that. All right, so that is what that engine looks under Testing so here's a, a clever dude and his son in brazil 2019 this year it happened is they decide they are going to make some very special cars they're going to fake it so they 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 had this factory and and they started to make luxury cars in this factory and particularly two one and and uh, two cars and the stupid thing is today is you put it on instagram facebook or whatever listen to me you are going to get caught that's how simple it is and they were caught so these fathers made Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and they assembled it in this workshop. Now, who were the ones when they saw the pictures that were really upset? The manufacturer of Lamborghini and Ferraris, obviously. You know, because they, this is our stuff, this. So, so uh, let me just tell you something about this car, Sept, I don't know if you'll still buy it when I tell you this. But these cars were offered on social media for 674 uh, thousand rand now if I was Uncle Zuma I would have had 280 and try to tell you how much that means. 647,280 and a cents and, and, a, and, and up to 48,000 pounds which on today's rate of 18.73 is about 851 and a couple of other cents or thousands that's what this car is going to cost you now that's a bargain that is a bargain but it's a fake So so a real Ferrari in the UK is going to cost you about 4.869,8 million rand. A Lamborghini Aventador, my Italian is not too good, will squeeze you for 5.57,1 million rand. Only lawyers do those kind of things, all right? So now the police, see, the the, the uncle that owns Lamborghini says, he sends the police here, they get out there. And you know what the police said about this? And this is true. They said, when we got there, we we, we couldn't really see the difference between the real one and the fake one. They looked the same. But when we had an expert open the bonnet and look at the motors, which looked the same, we found out that these motors were Michibussis, Alfa Romeo's, and Chevrolet's what a fake now how do you know the difference between a real lamborghini and a fake lamborghini you see you and i would probably some of us would have walked into that place doctor and we would have stood like to the next one the real one and the fake one and we would have looked at the outside and said you know what it looks the same and I'm excited the, the cheap one I'm going to go for it looks exactly the same you may have looked at the interior and thought this is exactly the same you may have with all your knowledge opened the bonnet and thought you know what this is the same car because I have no experience in judging what a vehicle should look like or what an engine should look like Maybe we could have gone for a Sunday afternoon drive with a fake one and still not have seen the difference. You know, when you really know the difference between the real Lamborghini and the fake Lamborghini, it's when the pressure is on. When the engine is tested to its capacity, to its absolute limit, when the engine starts looking like that, then you realize that the fake one is not gonna cope. The real one will cope. It's designed to cope. All right? So let me ask you a simple question. Which one are you? Which one am I? The real one or the fake one? The real one, when things are hot and my engine is on fire, that acts differently to the one that burns out, leaves it is destroyed. Which one are you and I? You see, James in this chapter, chapter one, deals with two issues. One is he deals with the issue of how to deal with trials. And, and, and uh, Nick touched on it last week because we were not here. And then he deals in the second bit with temptations. And I, and I want to deal only with the first one again today because trials are so real in our lives. And it's it is so for every day almost for a lot of us. In, and then you just, you think you're out of it. And then Buddha, there's the next one that hits you, you know, like, like, like a sledgehammer between the eyes and you're in the next one. It's, let me tell you something about the trials. The trials will prove whether you are the real Lamborghini or the fake one. That's what trials are about. You see, let's not fake, uh, fake it here today. Let's not pretend here today that we actually enjoy trials and testings. Let me take you back to your school days or varsity days. How many of you say, hallelujah, tomorrow is test time? Only real doff ones or the real clever ones actually that <laughs> said that, yeah. All right, it is a testing time. I used to break out in a sweat when I heard ek before the exams were even out. Just the ek already told me, ha, ha, ha. Exams was a terrible, you know. It, they're, not, they, they're not part of the, the, the joy part of life, trials and testing. You see, here's the other good news is that you will all go through them fairly regularly. It is a normal part of life that we are tested, that we're going through Trials. This thing about trials is it's so often they are not planned or probably 100% of the time. Nobody plans to go through a trial. Nobody plans to go through a test. Nobody is looking forward and say, you know what, I need to get better in my faith, so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna send a couple of really, 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 really testing things my way. We don't plan them. They come in the most on, inopportune times. It is when I feel so good about my walk with God, when my church is so great, when everything is so fantastic, it bang hits me. But Lord, it doesn't mean that you have sinned necessarily. Because that's not what the trial and the test is for. It tests you to see if you will sin. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have sinned. Because we'll come back to that next week Sunday. You see, trials, tests, are sent to test your faith. Your work with God. To see if you are the real Lamborghini. You can drive around, walk around like a fake, but it's not going to help you. It's not the real thing. So yes, Lord, it's okay for me to be tested. You see, let me tell you something as well, Christian, is some of you are tested just because you are a believer. Just because you're a believer. Believers are tested. It's part of this life. Just because I'm a Christian, many times means that I am tested at work or wherever the tests come your way because you and people know and Satan knows that you are a believer. A test or a trial often comes to you because you are doing the right thing. You are doing the right thing. So it comes your way. Look at verse 3 here quickly. And, 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 and again, just look at the purpose of tests and trials. It's because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And actually, God, God allows us to go through these tests and these, and these trials and these, and these difficult times in our lives from time to time. I'm not speaking about sickness. I'm talking about tests and trials now. It's, it's let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So you say, Lord, make me a better believer. God says, okay. Let's get to the testing room. Let me put these probes on you. Let me turn up the fire a little bit here. Let's see what comes out. Let's see if we're gonna have a fake one or a real one here. You see, be careful when you pray that prayer. God's gonna do it anyway, I think. Trials, I remember as a, as a kid uh, playing sport and as a young person and I played sport until I damaged myself too much. Uh, as, as the word trials, on Monday there's trials and I knew what was gonna happen. Yes, I'm gonna be tested to my limits. And the end result was not to break me. The the end result was to look for a positive result. Will you make the team? That's why the trials came. You see, God does not necessarily always uh, send them your way, but God allows them, trials and testings. He allows them because it develops, it proves my faith and my character. That's what trials and testing do. So now I wanna ask you a question. What do you think you need most when it comes to handling trials and tests? What do you need most? Just think for it, think about it while I take a sip here. This is my excuse now to take a sip. What do you need most to handle a trial or a test? Just think about it, don't say it. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says you need. Verse five. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, did you wonder why this passage is in the middle of a instruction on how to handle trials, and then later on how to handle temptation, and he talks about wisdom in the middle. For what reason? Well, you need wisdom to go through your trials and your testing, and that's what I want to speak about today as well. If anyone of you lack wisdom, you should ask God to g- generously um, Give generously to all finding without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. You know when this verse is most used when you claim that red car? This is not the context of the verse. The context of the verse is, if you lack wisdom in a trial or a test, ask me, believe that I will give it to you. Don't be double-minded, otherwise you won't receive it. That's the context. Not naming, claiming, and framing it. This is the context, all right? So, so let me tell you something. The thing that I need most, that you need most, is in, in, in the midst of my testing and my pain, in the midst of my trials in life, is wisdom is wisdom. Listen to what the Bible says in a couple of verses about wisdom. Psalm 16, verse seven. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaking. David speaking. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. right. Psalm 32, eight and nine. I will instruct you and teach you the way. Who's speaking here? First of all, it's David. Now it's God speaking. I will counsel you with my loving eyes on you. Isn't that nice that God says, you know what? Septi, I'm gonna instruct you. Burton, Michelle, I'm gonna instruct you with my loving eyes on you. John 16 verse 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak of what he hears. And the last one here, and then I'll summarize this, as Proverbs 11 verse 14 says this, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Other translations say it a little bit different. In the counsel of many, there is wisdom. I think the NIV says what does it say to me? Is it says to me, you know what, as a believer, as an individual, I need an accountable relationship with people, first of all, because they, I need to go and seek counsel, otherwise I am going to fall. And, and, and it also says, who do I need counsel from? In the counsel of many, there is wisdom. But, but here's a problem, and I'll come back to that in a moment, is seeking the counsel of many. But, but the positive side is this, the Bible says, seek counsel from who? The verses I've read now tell us, seek it from the Lord, Seek it in his word, seek it from his spirit, and seek it with wise and mature believers. That's where we seek our counsel. But that's where most people do not go. And I'll tell you now where we go. The problem with many believers today is that we acquire, acquire knowledge, but we do not gain wisdom. And behind that, you can say rule of quant. That was good, eh? That was my own, all right? <laughs> okay, you can put it on the board there if you don't mind hello the next one all right the problem with many is that many believers today is that we acquire knowledge and not gain wisdom now i know what exactly what you're thinking burton think what's the difference between the two did you think that just say yes for the sake of the sermon okay all right burton so that's what i'm going to explain to you it's a, so what is knowledge and what is wisdom are they not the same does the bible use the word interchangeably maybe or are they really two different things they're really two different things here is what knowledge is Knowledge is acquiring wisdom, information. Knowledge is acquiring information. You acquire information from many different sources, my friend. But please be careful what source you are using. And today with internet and stuff, it is amazing. You go on there and you ask a question and the one says this and the other one says that and you think, You know, I I really don't understand that. You see, be careful which source you use, what sources you use to gain your information because they can be very contradictory and especially contradict the word of God. All right, Google is fantastic, but Google is really dangerous as well. And my doctor friend here will will probably give me an answer. I go to a a family member some years ago and he's a medical doctor and I sit in his room and and I'm gonna sound really clever about the pain that I have and and I use these words verbatim. Uh, with not a very positive reception. I said, Andre, I said, I Googled my symptoms. (laughs) Yesterday, he had a notebook and he was gonna write my symptoms down and he closes it and he says, well, then go to your doctor. I said, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I've come to you for some advice. You see, you, you see what I found with Google uh, some of the resources we use is when I, when I have a pain in, the, in my arm uh, and I go and I say, I've got a pain in my arm, then it also says, well, if you have then a pain behind your lo- right ear and your left ear and your toe, you definitely have cancer in the worst degree that you can ever find it. And, and now I've got it, now I've got it. And I started only with a pain in my, in my arm. You see, now, now I've got 10 other pains that I didn't, I didn't even know I had them, but now I have them. See, that's the danger with Dr. Google, as it just adds, quite a few stuff that I really didn't think. It's amazing. So So be careful what source you go to. You see, gaining knowledge from the correct source is very important. Believer, listen to my hand, look at my hand from the correct source. It's so important. Here's the source. Here's the source, the correct source, all right? Gaining the correct knowledge may make you, listen to me, gaining the correct knowledge may make you smart, but applying the correct knowledge makes you wise. Here's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is more than acquiring information, and it's good to inquire information. Wisdom is the practical application of the knowledge that I gained. That's Wisdom. In other words, you can be full of knowledge, but absolutely unwise. And my Bible says, Rulof's Bible says, you are then absolutely stupid. <laughs> stupid. That's what it is, you know. So because the offices of wisdom is unwise, but the Afrikaans one says you yeah, stupid. Okay, so that's what it is. So a person with knowledge normally knows what to do. A person who is wise is a person who applies that knowledge, who does it. That's the wise person. That's the wise person, my dear friend. You see, wisdom allows you to make decisions when the heart is on fire, when the emotions want to kill and destroy. Wisdom allows you to make the right decisions. When emotions want to mess up and will mess up if you let them loose. When emotions cannot think good and proper, wisdom steps in and say, hey, calm down. Don't react, respond, give it some time, think about this, do the right thing Yeah. See, looking back over my life, and I just wanna be honest with you, I think there are a couple of times if I could redo, I wish in life sometimes there was a redo button. Wouldn't you like to do that as well? And on a computer it's so easy, but in life it's not so easy. As a redo button, and you say, I wish I had applied wisdom there. I would have been called a wise man, not a stupid. See, let me tell you something about wisdom as well a builder, Pablo Ferrucci, true, true story in my life, he's an Italian, how many of you are Italians, are there any Italians here, there's nothing wrong with it, I'm just asking, is there any Italian, okay, now there's one or two Italians, says, what do you want to say about the Italians, I want to tell you they're good people, I love their food, so uh, here's, my, here's Pablo, Pablo comes to my church in King Williamstown, and those days, I, I was a young pastor, and I thought, no, you know what, we've got to shape things up a little bit, because these hymns are killing me, but now, now and then I introduce a chorus, and now I think, no, this organ is as big as the stage, I'm going to do away with it, the, the, the blinking pulpit is, is higher than the roof, and so on, so let's move a couple of things around here, and Pablo, what I want you to do is, I want you, uh, my Italian accent is not very good, I said, please take this stage, and make sort of a, make it a half moon, and put a A step right around it for me. And Pablo, what I want you to do is I want you to break this and build it. And Pablo taps me on the shoulder. He says, Pastor. He says, you are a pastor. Go to your study. Prepare the sermon. I'm the builder. I will build the step. Leave me alone. All right. Now, Pablo, Pablo at this stage was not a Christian. So Pablo used another choice words that I will not add into the sermon. But you can Google them. You can Google them. So Pablo is not a Christian, but, but he builds this. You know what Pablo is saying to me? You may have some knowledge about building, but I have wisdom because I've done this. I've done it a few times. I'm wise when it comes to you. Here, let me close the story with Pablo. Pablo was not a believer. So now we have, Carol and I run the life group with, with young, young married couples. Uh, it was just a year or two ago. And um, not really. So we attracting these young but people were not believers and we're just having a ball and people are getting saved and we're having a Bible study in the gym and, and a Bible study and then the fourth one we invite them to our church and I put a brai up there and, and the Baptist deacons almost died uh, in a volleyball court and, and I even suggested that we put a on, on the top of our roof of our church that we put a putt-putt course years and now they really they, they want to fire me they they want to send me somewhere and, uh, and so now, now, now Pablo comes to this meeting, he's Italian, the Italian likes the vino, and so he, he gets his six pack and his two bottles of wine, and he arrives at our brae. Now I, I know Pablo is not a believer. Now what do I do, Lord? So, so you know the saying, don't clean the fish before you've caught them, so God says to me, don't clean the fish before you, ca- caught, you, you caught them, you catch them. So I said, okay, Pablo, no problem. So Pablo puts his six pack, I said, Pablo, just put it under your chair. Because we're busy, we're walking. Okay, Pablo puts his six-pack and his two bottles of winnow there. Pablo, through the evening, gets very happy. Not filled with the spirit, but the spirits. Very, very happy. He enjoys the volleyball and the braai. He's now very much, much one of us. Not believing, but he's one of us. And the senior pastor arrives at the church. Pablo... I think almost dove under his chair on top of his six pack and his two bottles of wine and lied there like he was going into a convulsion. You know? The senior pastor looks at him and just walked past and I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pablo did give his life to the Lord, but it's got nothing to do with my sermon, that part. Pablo says, I am the builder. I've got wisdom. You've got some knowledge. Don't build. You see, that's... Some of the differences between wisdom and, uh, and, 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 and knowledge. Knowledge comes from the word of God, my friend. And wise is the person that applies it. Let's quickly go to, to uh, verse five there. We, we're gonna go a little bit over time today. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask who gives generously to, uh, to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must not doubt. Now, remember I said, don't, it's not stuff that, it's not a, your, your Lamborghini God is talking about here. It's, it's the context is asking for wisdom in a time of testing and trial. Asking for wisdom And then he says uh, and, and otherwise you're going to be like the, the waves of the sea Tossed backwards and forwards The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord Such a person is double minded We need wisdom We need wisdom in our times of testing You see I don't have to be a, a hermeneutical gymnastics or uh, 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 I don't have to do that this morning They tell you what the word of God means The word of God is simple So that you and I can understand it And do it Okay, what does it say? You need wisdom. Yes, Lord, I'm going through a hard time. Well, I'll tell you we can get it. Ask me. That's what God says. And you know what? I'm so good, I'll give it generously to you. That's the way I want to do it. And I want you just to believe in your heart that when you ask me for wisdom, I will give it to you and you will receive it. And then you know what I want you to do with it? I want you just to do it. Otherwise, you're stupid. Otherwise, you're stupid. So verse 5 says, so... What is the person that doesn't believe that God will give him wisdom? He is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, but uh, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of those who diligently seek him. First of all, the Hebrew says it's quite silly to ask something of someone you don't believe in. So you must believe that God is. And when you, uh, when you believe in Him, you must believe that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. And in this context, we are saying, what are we seeking? We are seeking wisdom, Lord. We're going through a difficult time. He has a test. He has a trial. I need wisdom. How do I get the wisdom? And the Bible says, if you don't get your wisdom from God, you will be like a sea. Now, I'm not going to give you a biological or a scientific uh, me, uh, 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 paragraph here, but a wave is simply formed when the, the, the wind blows, and it blows over the water and friction is formed between the two. And that friction starts making waves. That's what, how a wave is. Go, go and Google it. <laughs> I could, could never remember this from 1978 when I did my trick. So just go and Google it. Okay? So as the wind blows, that wave is formed because of the friction. Now listen to what it's, you see, the thing about a wave is a wave, they say, has no proper power in itself. It is the wind that creates it and the friction that is created. It, 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 it is totally wild, in fact. And if you've been on a boat like I have been and, and fishing on the sea, you know that a, wind can come, a wave can come up just like this. When the wind comes up, go home. That's how, the simple things. Go home. It is unstable, a wave, and it is unpredictable. It is chaotic. Can you hear what God is saying to a person here this morning, if I unpack it like this? That if we don't ask Him, if we don't believe that He will give us wisdom, our lives and the result of our lives, and maybe our behavior will be like a wind that is chaotic. It will create chaos around us. So that's why trust Him to make wise decisions, especially in times of trouble, in times of testing. Let's draw a conclusion and I'll tell you a story. Here's what the Bible says this morning. Here's what God is saying to us. You lack wisdom? You need it. You need to ask, especially when you go through those trials. Wisdom is not just knowledge. It is knowledge applied. Wisdom comes from God. We need to ask God. God will generously give us that. Wisdom is found and the counsel is found in the word of God, in the spirit of God, among uh, believers that are wise. God wants to freely give it to you, my friend. And if you don't take it and don't act on it, you are foolish. You are foolish and you are destructive like that wave. So, what do you need in your difficult times? And you might be going through something now. You need God's wisdom. You need God's wisdom. So park a little bit, chill a little bit, ask. Wait, read, and ask wise people around you. Not just anybody, wise believers around you. There was a woman that found a very precious stone in somewhere high up in the mountains as she was traveling. She found this precious stone in a stream. And the next day, another traveler joined her and he was very hungry. So she had a couple of sandwiches in a bag and opened a bag and inside the bag was also the stone. And so the traveler almost immediately forgot about the food when he saw this very precious stone. And he says to this lady, he says, Can I have the stone? And the the, the lady immediately, without hesitation, just gave him the stone. The traveler left and he rejoiced. He thought, man, this is gonna set me up for life. I'm gonna have enough money here. But a few days later, he came back to this lady with a stone and he gave it back to her. And he says to her, you know what? I've been thinking. I know how valuable this stone is. I'm giving it back to you today. I want you to give me something more precious than this stone. Give me what you have within you that enabled you to give me this precious stone. Give me what you have within you that enabled me or that gave me the stone. That's wisdom. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week.